Sorry. Yo. Should I stop the music? I don't know. Yeah, okay. All right, cool. (laughs) (laughs) One more time. It's your pals. This is the Professionals and Animal Lovers show. And, you know, this is actually a really special occasion tonight. I'll tell you. uh, I'll tell you a quick story, everybody. I'm Tommy D. The Professionals and Animal Lovers show is the name of this program. Valerie Heffron and I are we're building a community. We're building a society of people who are animal advocates, of people who are business professionals. Maybe they're retirees. Maybe they don't work at all, uh, but they love animals. They care about animals, and they're focused on doing three things with us, learning, educating, and advocating. But I'm going to tell you a really quick story. It has to do with, with the animals. It also has to do with veterans. I sit on a board of an organization called Horse Ability out at the campus of SUNY Old Westbury. And I don't know, four months ago, Val, I'm at Horse Ability and I'm on the campus. And uh, and this guy that I know, he's a former trainer, uh, now a retiree, and he works with the horses at Horse Ability. And I'm telling him what I'm doing. And I brought a friend of mine, my friend, Nairika, and I'm introducing her to Horse Ability. And he goes, Tommy, I see you. I see what you're doing. He goes, you need to meet Eileen Shanahan at the Warrior Ranch Foundation. So this is a Friday, right? So he tells me I need to meet Eileen. That evening, I go to the, the American Legion. They had a cornhole tournament. We're playing cornhole, right? I meet all these these old-time veterans, and I mean that. Like, these guys are in their 80s and 90s, and I end up becoming friends with all these guys. And they said, Tommy, we're raising a flag here for SAR flag, which is a recognized flag in this country now for the suicide and remembrance flag. Mm. And Robbie had told me, I couldn't think of his name. Robbie, the trainer, had told me, I got to meet Eileen Shanahan. I meet the guys at the Legion. They said, can you come? We're raising this flag tomorrow. I said, sure, I'll be here. I'm standing there as they're raising the SAR flag in front of the American Legion. And to my left is Eileen Shanahan, a person I'd never heard of nine hours, 12 hours earlier, who was now standing next to me. Eileen and I became friendly. Eileen comes on Philanthropy and Focus. She then subsequently comes on this here program the professionals and animal lovers show and she texted me a couple weeks ago and she says hey i'm getting an award and honor from canine companions i think it'd be cool can you connect with dawn alvarado and etc etc all these things start to happen dawn invites me john bedsinger thank you john for putting this together as well um dawn says we're having a graduation can you come out to medford for the graduation for the dogs and i'm like yeah of course i can because you asked me to and that's kind of what i'm supposed to be doing is kind of following where i'm getting drawn to mm. so before you know we are gonna val's gonna give us a little bit of a legislative update but that's how all these things happen i call myself the nonprofit sector connector valerie and i met through what else but networking and that's how we do this it's all about connecting it's all about networking and if it wasn't for I'll tell you, it goes back further. If it wasn't for the Lindy Lou Foundation telling me they had a donation for horse ability in memory of my cousin, Linda, ironically, my, my cousin's uh, son, Declan, has a canine companion called Vinny. I don't know if you know that, if you all know that, Deborah and Alex know that story too. But they, my cousin Mickey tells me, I, I want you to make one of the, our donations, Tommy D. I want you to go meet horse ability. That's how I got to horse ability. And if I'm not at horse ability, do I ever get to canine companion? Val, I don't know. I mean, people ask me. No, I have this feeling all the time, especially in the past year and change, really, since we started doing the show. And we're, we're meeting like the most incredible people. But also, I just feel that like, for the first time, I really, really feel that everything that has happened in the past, like, I ran networking events for 11 years. Okay, that's how you and I met. And like, we're we're putting we're like pooling our skill sets and like you're saying whatever direction you're getting pushed to it's it's kind of like a tap on the shoulder but like all of these things are converging and you know we decided to do the first annual compassion awards and we're recognizing these brilliant amazing people so dedicated to the animals we're doing our own little awards thing and it's just going to continue to grow how many ripples came out of that night that we don't even know about right that right we- this is this is a, a like a like a very mission driven mission for lack of a better term wow that was terrible mission driven <laughs> mission i don't know <laughs> but i get it i i get that feeling all the time too like wow i am really meant to be doing this right. you know so okay so listen 
Um, I don't want to take too much time away from, I want to, hold on, I don't want to take too much time away from what we're about to do. Um, but I do have to mention this one thing I was going to do two, but one can wait till next week. So I, I just want to mention that, um, the legislative update is as follows. Okay. Um, there was a couple last year who was, um, indicted for animal abuse. And it says, I'll read the headline, Mineola man, which is where I went to high school and I, you know, Mineola, Mineola, New York man sentenced for beating two puppies to death and injuring a third. And I should say, I'll jump into their headline, um, severely injuring a third. Okay. This guy pled guilty and he, his punishment is one year, one in jail. Um, and we all know that that will probably be reduced because that's what happens. Um, and also, of course, they're saying that he won't be able to own a pet for 50 years, uh, which I have no idea who's enforcing that. But ultimately, my voice right now on behalf of the animals is that I'm going to ask every animal lover to look up Bella's bill, that's B as in boy, E-L-L-A apostrophe S bill, which was proposed um, in 2019. We need to get this legislation passed because it proposes an overhaul of New York's outdated animal cruelty laws, allowing for stronger sentences for animal cruelty, which I believe we can all agree needs to happen. So. Yeah, um, we talked about it this afternoon and, you know, I said it before, we do three things on the show because I didn't know what you're talking about. I did see on News 12, this man walking out with his wife, walking out of the courthouse or whatever. And of course, I can't think of anything but you when I see that conversation. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what you taught me is these laws are falling under agriculture, not the penal code. Mm -hmm. So that's why they're being addressed a certain way. Had it fallen under the penal code, there could be different ramifications, different punishment, whatever. So we, we need to we need to learn. We need to educate. We need to advocate. Right. Voters for voiceless. Right. Without the voices, they don't have voices. We got to advocate on their behalf. That's what this Correct. is about. So this is pals, professionals and animal lovers show. Without further ado, Val, you know what's great about this show now? We don't no have commercials. To, there's no commercials. We don't have to take any breaks anymore. We get to do whatever we want, however we want. It's just <laughs> we don't. We, I mean, we always did what we wanted, but it's even more than <laughs> Alex Hutchinson. Deborah McKenzie, without further ado, welcome to the Professionals and Animal Lovers Show. We're jazzed. I got to go to the graduation, as I said. Shout out to Eileen Shanahan. I know you have a big event coming up this Wednesday night honoring some folks, some veterans, and Eileen, take us back. I mean, this organization has been around longer than I have. I think 1975 is when the organization started. So, mm -hmm. Deborah, you're on the development side for the organization, correct? Right. And Alex, you're a trainer working with these companions. Is that accurate? That is accurate. Yeah. Oh, you're a trainer. <laughs> <laughs> you just made <laughs> Debbie's Debbie's used to hearing that all oh, you're a trainer comment. Hey, I get to love on the I get to love on the puppies too. So. Yes, oh, this is true. Yes, a great yeah. job. Deborah, they can't train if you don't bring in the dough, right? They can't train. If <laughs> exactly. 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 We, need, we, we need the program side and the development side. You know. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Good where do we start? Where Where do we want to start? So I think, uh, you know, as Valerie said, you know, she just heard about the organization a couple months ago. So why don't we start by educating people who we are, like how long we've been around for. Yeah. So, um, if I can just kind of go, go, go forward with that. So the Canine Companion started in 1975 in Santa Rosa, California, with the oldest and the largest um, service dog organization in the country, um, where it was started in a garage and there was a need for service dogs for um, individuals with disabilities. So that it started there. Oh no. Is this not the worst tech night? <laughs> oh my God. Well, listen, I, I'll, while we'll wait for Deborah to come back, I will tell you this. Many great organizations have started in a garage. We know that, you know, mm -hmm. I, I mean, my my friend, uh, Ken Serini, Serini and Associates, he started his accounting practice in a garage. I understand Google might have started in a garage. And yep. uh, I know Microsoft did. And Deborah's back. I was killing some time. Deborah, welcome back. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know why. It's saying that my internet connection is unstable at this time. This is the unstable. worst tech night ever. Somebody I, I, a I'm unstable right now, so don't worry about it. It's all good. 
Yeah. yeah. So uh, if, if I happen to pause again, feel free to kind of uh, <laughs> fill it in. Um, but started in a garage in Santa Rosa, California, when there was a need for service dogs for people with disabilities other than blindness. So in 1989, the Northeast region was born um, in on the SUNY Farmingdale campus. Um, and mm. then we moved to our 39,000 square foot facility out in Medford, New York, the Miller family campus. So wow. we've been around since 1989. And some, a lot of people say that, you know, I've never heard about canine companions. I've lived here all my life. So um, we want to make sure that people are aware of our services. We place service dogs for children ages five and up um, with disabilities, um, with the help of a parent or guardian. Uh, we place dogs, uh, service dogs in facilities like rehab centers, um, the court system, place service dogs for adults and of course veterans with disabilities as well and also with um, post-traumatic stress disorder. Mm. Um, and uh, we place hearing dogs. So there's several categories and we do this all free of charge. So, mm. um, you know, it's very important that, you know, fundraisers like you mentioned that we're having on Wednesday um, uh, go towards our mission and goes towards our operational need and our you know our annual budget's quite high at 3.4 million dollars so we hold on one second is that this Wednesday this Wednesday yeah this Wednesday can you just salute yeah so it's called salute independence it's happening at the inn at New Hyde Park where we um, it's uh, where Eileen Shanahan will be getting the Colonel E. David Voisick Jr. Um, and Mateus Ferreira Outstanding Service Award. And what we do is we honor each category of war. Um, it's getting harder and harder, unfortunately, to um, you know to honor the World War II veterans because yeah. they're getting you know up there in age. Um, but we have uh, Dominic Critelli. If you look him up and you look him up online, he is a World War II veteran. He's 100 and he will be playing the national anthem on his saxophone. Oh my God. Oh my God. I would, uh, I would already be crying. I, I have such a soft spot for the greatest generation ever. Mm -hmm. And I also have a soft spot for the national anthem. Like I can't go to a sporting event without crying. I'm just like, it's just so beautiful, you know. But, um, forget about the doggy graduation stuff. Dude, you would I, lost I would just die. I would you die. I have lost. I, I'm sitting there and I'm emotional. <laughs> graduating the whole thing i'm like god she would be a, a puddle on the ground i would be such a <laughs> they'd have to carry me out yeah you're so hold on one second i just want to go back to one because something caught my attention that i hadn't heard of before sure. um so when you said that you have service dogs that sometimes go into the courts mm -hmm. what does that look like who are they servicing and who actually like owns the dog like i'm assuming the you know when the the courts are closed the dog's not sleeping on the floor there right Right. So let's, uh, I'll let Alex um, talk about sure. our facility placements in the court system. We'll give uh, Alex a little airtime there. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. That's very gracious. Um, so yeah, Debbie mentioned a few of our categories. Um, I can just take it back a few steps for you. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we have a five step uh, application process where mm -hmm. a person has to not only demonstrate the need for a dog, um, but also the ability to properly care for the dog mm -hmm. and be in line with our pro programs, guidelines, rules, and regulations. Mm -hmm. um, so there's always a person at the heart of it that is interviewing with us, uh, mm -hmm. phone interviews, in-person interviews, medical records, etc. Mm. Um, so unfortunately, we are not able to accept everyone that applies to our program mm -hmm. uh, for a number of reasons. One of the reasons is, um, you know, our, our program is very specific in how our dogs are trained and raised and what our expectations are. We have highly trained dogs um, and we expect that um, when they are out in public, that they um, act as an appropriate service dog. Um, as well as, you know, we can't accept everyone that applies to our program because we just don't have the resources. Um, we continue to grow, we continue to expand our resources, um, but the need is always um, greater than what we can uh, sure. So with that being said, getting back to facility dogs, um, an individual within a facility will apply. Um, and they will apply with the backing and the support of their facility. Um, and so it would be one person who would be in a primary role 
where they can take the dog to work with them, work with the dog in the facility, as well as bring the dog home with them mm -hmm. uh, and incorporate them into their family and their home life. Mm -hmm. uh, so if a person applies at a facility, say a courthouse, uh, they would be the individuals who are perhaps working with victims. So the way that our dogs are incorporated in settings like that is um, especially children, if you can imagine, mm -hmm. um, witnesses to a crime, being victims of a crime. Mm -hmm. uh, all of a sudden you're meeting strangers. Mm -hmm. You have to talk about these things. Um, mm -hmm. So oftentimes they're just unable to do so. Adults um, oftentimes can't even do that. Absolutely, absolutely. Right. So everything I'm saying applies to children. Um, and it, it, you know, more intensely probably, and then adults as well. Um, yeah. So what our dogs do in those situations, um, sometimes just walking to a room um, will change the mood, shifts, shifts the child's um, slightly state of mind, and they'll start to open up because they'll either feel safer with mm -hmm. the presence of the dog or start talking to the dog itself. Mm -hmm. um, just feel more comfortable giving that information. Um, their handler is present. Um, the interviewer is present there with the dog. And then that carries over where our dogs actually have been known to sit in the testimony box um, uh -huh. unseen by uh, the jurors and people in court yeah. uh, to provide additional comfort for the um, person who's testifying. So that gives them not only the courage and the comfort to tell their story initially, but to testify in, in a court um about what has happened what they've witnessed because so they have their unconditional friend with them yes and so it's our a dogs, sense of like i've got your back i've got your back i'm there with you oh. I've, I've told I've, I've whispered my story to you you know a few times you're here i feel safe yeah um, oh my God, so the dog so sits there quietly the juror never the jury never knows that the dog is present um and We've heard several times that um, prosecutors have told us that they don't believe that child or the person would be able to have testified without the uh, intervention of the dog. I believe it. Yeah. I absolutely literally, that. literally, you know, affecting the life of that young person or that adult. But, but really, if they wouldn't be able to testify, totally, the animal is affecting the outcome of. <laughs> domino effect of the case and, yeah. and and if that person was unable to testify maybe there's not a case like right. this is like really you know severe situations like yeah. real impact mm -hmm. maybe there's not a case then if there's not a case maybe there's further victims it's a trickle down effect it's a domino yeah. effect um we do feel like our facility dogs are very special in that they have the ability to affect the lives of so many because they are in populations. So our dogs may go, go into schools with, um, you know, marginalized communities. They may go into um, physical rehab centers and they are, um, while our service dogs are hearing dogs, things like that are assisting an individual, which is, you know, impactful in itself our facility dogs are on a daily basis impacting the lives of several people continuously. Where do they live? So those facility dogs, they're like, if, if I'm thinking, I'm seeing a courtroom because that's where we've gone with this yeah. conversation, but I'm assuming there's other sorts of facilities. For sure. So who, do they come back to headquarters at the end of the day? I mean, I'm kind of being cute. Same like thing as courthouse. So if you have an occupational therapist, um, and we actually have some videos online, uh, we might be able to explore a little bit. But um, say a person is having uh, had a spinal cord injury, for instance, and they're doing um, balance work with their occupational therapist, we can actually incorporate the tasks that dogs have learned throughout their training within our organization to help with the actual rehabilitation of patients. Um, so that's one thing. There's also, hello. <laughs> <laughs> and good night, guys. I hope you. What is happening tonight? 
<laughs> Good night, Alex. It was great. I know what's going to happen next. I'm going to turn into that, that that cat filter is going to go on, and I'm going to look oh, like I'm a cat. That's all. That was it. Do you remember that? They go, the attorney. I'm not a cat. Yeah. I'm not a cat. I promise you, I'm not a cat. Alex is going to go hit the timer. I guess she's going to I guess she's going right, to Go ahead, Alex. All right. I will, I will say this, when my mother was in a rehab, um, because she was recovering for, from a pretty tough accident, um, I spoke with them and they said, you know, you can bring in your pet and you just have to show us up to date on rabies, whatever. So I brought in my dog and it was almost impossible to even get to her room because all of these seniors were there um, and, you know, they're coming over and they want to pet him. And this one woman in particular in a wheelchair, I felt so badly for her. She did not want to like let him leave, no. you know? So it was, uh, and then and then what I found fascinating was that my dog, he's, he's like 20 pounds. Mm -hmm. um, so I went to visit my mom. My mom had a broke, a fractured ankle, uh, which was underneath the covers. And so I put Jovi in the bed next to her and um, you know, she's petting him, scratching his head and all of that. And after he said hello to her, he went right over. Do you know, he went right over and laid right next to her uh, wounded, her, her fractured ankle. And he very, as gently as imaginably, you, you can't imagine how gentle it was. He put his head right on top of the cast where her broken ankle was. He didn't it's know. It's like he, he knew, couldn't. I know. Yeah. I was, I mean, that was another tearful moment, you know, puddle mush, whatever. But. <laughs> I mean, these dogs are just incredible and they really lift people's spirits. I mean, yeah, oh, it's amazing. Yeah, it's true. And, you know, Tommy asked that they live. Uh, so um, if it's an occupational therapist, they get permission from, um, you know, the rehab center mm -hmm. um, to be able to have that dog inside the rehab center. And then at the end of the day or their shift, they'll go home with the dog and you know, they'll live with the dog. So it that doesn't come, so the dog doesn't come back to the center. The dog actually has a handler that the dog will live with. Right. Does that handler work or for canine companions or they're like their own entity and they just, so there's so many different like facets of this. I mean, we're really just yeah. that's facility dogs. Then there's, you know, the obvious one that I, at least, again, maybe it stands out and obvious, obvious for me mm -hmm. because we've talked about it and I got to go to graduation last week, but you know, the, the companion dog. And then you, we talked about it earlier when some, a dog um, doesn't finish and qualify through the entire process of training mm -hmm. and then ends up, what, what do we call that dog again? We call it a change of career dog. <laughs> Right. So, so uh, you know, all of our dogs are born within 90 mile radius of our Santa Rosa, California um, headquarters. And then at eight weeks old, and we have volunteer breeder caretakers that take them into their home and welcome them in their home. And I would volunteer for that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you had a, you would have been so impressed. I, I, I mean, like I met this couple as they were leaving. Um, I, were you both there, Deborah and Alex? Were you both at graduation? Yeah, we were, run we were running the show. You were okay. So, <laughs> I actually was not. I was I was busy with uh, dogs. I was around <laughs> with my dogs. And what an excuse! Business. What an excuse! Yeah, <laughs> I know, well, right? I, I will tell you. I met this couple. Um, they, I believe, they're from Virginia or DC. Both Air Force veterans. Um, and I had a moment with them as we were leaving, and the woman, um, and their two children were there with them, and and she read you know, Val, they were trying to, I think a common misconception or a concern, maybe a better way to say it is people go, well, how could you raise a dog for 18 to 24 months and then give it up? And there's this just compassion and love that these handlers or rate, what do you call them? The raisers or the, the fosters? Volunteer, volunteer puppy raisers. Volunteer mm -hmm. puppy raisers. Their answer, and this woman, especially her answer, and I have recorded the whole thing. I mean, my phone is always full of videos and pictures because I can't stop, can't help myself. But she was talking about the love and compassion that they had for this animal and knowing, and, and they talked, she talked about their community and how the community came out and they loved this dog. And it was like a, you know, it was like a local hometown hero. And then it was almost like they couldn't see anything else but to, give the dog back so the dog could be with somebody who who needed it and we talk ripple effect all day on this show but like what 
it, it was so special. I mean, I don't know if if I can share that video one day. If I'm allowed to, I'll, I'll I'll reach out to that that woman and ask her because it was very poignant. Her well, you got you all recorded the whole thing, I think, as well, right? The graduation, right? Yeah, you can go on the YouTube and go Canine Companions, and um, you can look at the see the graduation from Friday. Um, she was also. Um, the puppy raiser speaker so i believe she mm-hmm. had carolina is that right alex carolina she mm-hmm. raised and was placed i don't want to misspeak and say that so i'm okay. not certain i apologize guys again but i was regardless playing no. i was playing with dogs yeah, yeah. <laughs> regardless. Carolina. no carolina was on the floor next to me this young couple i think they were there representing the parents or okay. something like that but, but regardless of the name of the dog <laughs> fostering is it is one of the most it is one of the most difficult i know a woman who recently finally got her foster dog adopted after three years Mm -hmm. now obviously it's a different shelter dog but that said um you know tommy tommy likes to joke with me i have a bearded dragon named elliot (laughs) elliot was named after the dragon in peach dragon the cartoon movie from you know disney like a million years ago but the whole point is that that dragon was around and stuck by this one child and he was like neglected and all of that. And then he found a happy home and he made sure that he was able to stay there. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the movie, he's like saying goodbye to Pete, Pete's dragon. And Pete was upset. Like, why are you leaving? And all of that. And the message was because there's other kids who need me. Mm-hmm. Right. So that gets me every time. That's another, I'll yeah. cry at that movie. Any day. That movie. I'll <laughs> Is that a kid's movie? Yeah. Oh, you've never oh, seen oh my, it? No. One well, of my favorite love songs of all time is on that soundtrack, Candle really? on the Water. Uh-huh. Okay. So, so the, volunteer, the volunteer puppy raisers and, mm-hmm. you know, Tommy met some of them and I hope that Valley, one day you can come to graduation. We do have, I have to down do in, a puppy graduation. in Florida. Maybe? So that's might be a shorter <laughs> trip for you down to Florida. But, um, you know, they're I the know. core of our, our program. We could not do what we do and the amazing right. work that we do without our volunteers right. and the canine community is right. just so amazing. And, you know, it proved to be even more amazing during COVID and how everybody just pitched in to make sure that we were able to continue to serve because a lot of the placements, um, you know, a lot of our graduates, that's what we call people that receive our service dogs, they had aides or, you know, aides that couldn't come in anymore. So having a service dog by their side to assist them, yeah, uh, you know, when they didn't have aides come in during that time was just just you know amazing to to hear you know that that we're, we were able to put this amazing service absolutely in the lives to, to, to help them yeah each day so. can you speak to a little bit about like it's a mind-blowing number right it says something uh, along the lines of like the cost um and and the value or whatever of one yeah. of these dogs is basically like fifty thousand mm-hmm. dollars which is like whoa but then right. when you think about it you know obviously this is a specific breed bred to have a specific like demeanor and learning capabilities. Um, and I know obviously like vet care and training is included, but can we go through the timeline? So, okay, a, a wonderful puppy is born. Mm-hmm. Eight weeks later, it goes into a wonderful home, hopefully like mine mm-hmm. to be a puppy raiser. <laughs> I'll send <laughs> you then, the application when we're done. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then I know I'll be denied right now because I have a dog <laughs> and two cats already, but anyway, so, but- You can actually let, that won't get you denied. Nice right. try. Okay. No, no, good try, good try. We're not, we're not gonna let you. We're not gonna let you off on that one. Okay, we're well, trying to get denied. Barry's uh, trying to get denied. Maybe I'm so glad we're not live right now, so my husband can can't be like, no. Actually, <laughs> no. <laughs> but yeah, we can take you through the timeline. So yeah. as I mentioned, the puppies are born at eight weeks old. They're sent to the volunteer puppy raisers, mm-hmm. and the volunteer puppy raisers have them in their homes uh, for 16 to 18 months. Um, where they will teach them basic commands and also most importantly is teach them, uh, you know, socialize them in public settings like, you know, restaurants, malls, um, going on a plane, going on a train, bus. So exposing them to all types of environments so that they have a good base for when they come to our professional training center Mm -hmm. um, and work with our instructors and take those basic commands and turn them into, you know, advanced commands like picking up dropped items off the floor, um, opening and closing doors, uh, turning on and off lights. So, 
you know, Alex can attest to this because Alex just got her string. So basically what happened at graduation on Friday is not only did six people graduate with their service dogs, but we received how many? 32? 32 uh, actually 25 this time. Oh, 25. So 25 dogs, <laughs> 25 dogs came to our training facility um, and oh the volunteer goodness. puppy raisers dropped them off on Friday. So Alex just received her string or is receiving her string and they just went through their temperament testing today. You call so. it a string like like a sewing string? <laughs> yeah, that's not how we came up with that. Yeah. <laughs> I call that I call that like it's like a baseball team. <laughs> <laughs> I only got five. I've only got five. Oh, I, I want Alex, if you could, uh, sorry to interrupt there. I want to understand something because I, I had the opportunity to see people progressing through this profession. And a lot of what we talk about, the professionals and animal lovers show are, and I have one of these, well, I have four children, but one of them I think will be enamored with doing this type of work. Yes. In career to get paid to actually do this and make such an impact so there was a young lady who had just uh i i want to say her name was winona but i don't think that was her name but i think it, it was, was her name, probably. Is her name? Yeah. okay i wasn't sure um and she had just graduated or not graduated but promoted i guess that day so can you talk about this from a career perspective like oh great question. i love dogs i want to be with dogs my whole life but i want to make an impact <laughs> like what would that look like for sure. So um, you have to have a love for dogs, right? And you also have to have a love for people, right? Because it's dogs helping people. Um, I started many, many years ago. I initially started in California, but um, you can actually start in one of our six regions across the United States. Uh, you'll start off as an instructor's assistant. And that's basically just learning the basics about dogs in our organization. Um, that's kind of an initiation, right? You're going to groom dogs. You're going to interact with them. You're going to scoop some poop. Let's be honest. Scoop <laughs> some poop. <laughs> that is actually probably the majority of your dogs, but that's okay. That's okay. That's your dog. Well, because once you elevate, you don't have to scoop poop anymore, right? Like once. No, you... I just scoop poop right before I came in here. <laughs> oh man! Like ten years. Years. <laughs> Come on, Alex. I thought you rank up. I thought it was like in a video game, you level Let me up. Tell you, something. you will never, if you're working with dogs in any capacity, you will never stop scooping poop. That's just it. They must thing. laugh at us. The dogs <laughs> must laugh at us. Oh, you're so cool. You walk yeah, on two yeah. legs, Ooh, right? Big trainer, big trainer. Now pick up my poop. poop. Now pick right. up my poop. <laughs> my poop. I pooped over there. Yeah, that's pretty much how it goes. Hey, down. hey, Alex, I left something there for you. Right, <laughs> right. I know it's your lunch break, but um, you oh, have, have to wait a few minutes. I'm dying yeah. over here. <laughs> um, so then you're promoted to an apprentice instructor, and there are three phases of being an apprentice instructor. Hmm. Um, throughout those three different phases, um, you just basically have to demonstrate your knowledge of our organization and our training methods, um, as well as dogs as a whole, right? The psychology of dogs, the care of dogs, the mindset of dogs. Um, and as you move up in the ranks, you're moving up because you're acquiring um, knowledge, uh, not mm -hmm. only for training, but just the overall care and handling dogs, as well as remember, we have the people aspect of it too, right? So yeah. we're not just um, isolated to dogs and dog mm -hmm. training. Mm -hmm. We also have to move over into people training. So people that come for our dogs, we don't just interview them, like I said, for, you know, the five steps. Um, once they are accepted into our organization, we then have to train them how to work mm, with our dogs good. and to be a successful service dog recipient. So they come and they live with us at our wonderful facility. They live with us. They yeah, live with us. Dorms, right? Like dormitories. <laughs> yes. Family. Like if a young person, I keep saying young person, but I know it isn't. And I, that was proven to me on Friday when I was at graduation, it isn't just young people that, that get these dogs. It's people who have different needs, different abilities. But it's they, all ages. Absolutely. Yeah. It is all ages five and up. Yeah. Five and up. And when I say up, I mean all the way up. Sure. Um, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Okay, so you 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 could have a five-year-old 
dorming at your facility? Well, here's the thing. So they start, they're permitted to start the application process at five years old. So okay. by the time they actually receive the dog, they're usually six or a little bit older. But yeah. the thing about receiving a dog when you are under 18 years of age, um, you have the recipient, which is a child, can be a child, but we have a parent or uh, a guardian or someone else who is an mm -hmm. adult who is in charge of the dog. Mm -hmm. um, so the child doesn't manage and care for and handle a dog solo or mm -hmm. on its own. There's always a an adult there that actually- But I'm saying like you put them up, you, you put them up in your facility. We do. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah, for That's sure. I, I did not, I did not know that. And that is incredible, actually. How many dorm rooms do you have? So right now we have 11 and Debbie, I'll let Debbie jump in here. <laughs> so we currently have 11 and because of, um, you know, how the organization is growing, we are going to be starting a capital campaign where we will be putting on a second floor. Um, and wow. we have an amazing donor that's going to um, help with that. And also, you know, with that comes expansion of the kennel. So we're going to be expanding to um, an additional 14 kennels as well. So, so let's we have a that lot out. of growth coming up. So I want to just give it, that's an opportunity to shout out the website. It's an opportunity to shout out the capital campaign. Let's be honest, we're a nonprofit organization, right? So what do we, so can you talk to that really quick and, and maybe talk about Wednesday night? That's my train. I have to go in a second because that's my <laughs> I think you missed it. I Listen, the, the Islanders will wait for you. No, the, I kept going. The train just kept going. So I guess. <laughs> so tell us about the capital campaign raise. Sure. So um, if anybody is interested in coming for a tour of the facility, seeing the facility and hearing about our capital, you didn't come up for a tour. You have to come for a tour. No, because it was like uh, the graduation started, I think, at 1230. And by the time it was done, it was like two o'clock. And I was oh, like, okay. I want to, I can't. can't Deborah, I cannot do it all. <laughs> you can't do it all. I try. And, and you don't have any room on your phone to like record the, the tour no, either. No, so. no, I'm gonna buy a new phone. I'll just buy it. <laughs> <laughs> but um the yeah, the, the facility, you know, it's funny. We have groups that come out to the Phil's facility and they think that they're gonna come to, you know, maybe a, a small center with with some kennels connected. But mm. we are a thirty-nine thousand square foot state-of-the-art facility, um, which is uh, growing. I mean, our north central region, which is located in Ohio just rebuilt their center they were the only center that did not have dormitories and they just did a huge capital campaign and they did their grand opening last year and that's an amazing facility so when we were on the SUNY Farmingdale campus even though we didn't charge for our dogs which again costs about fifty thousand dollars from the time they're born until the time that they retire which is about the age of 12 depending on what kind of work that dog does um there there are just the facility is um, just accessible. It is, you know, everything that they need. We talk to them prior to them coming to stay with us um, wow. to see what their needs are. We want them. It's an extensive two weeks of training that they go through, and we yes. want to make sure that they are set up for success. We right. want to make sure that they have every comfort of home. We right. have foundations just like the Dana and Christopher Reeve Foundation that per, that um, you know we applied for, and we got new bedding because some of the results from our survey is. It was, you know, in the beginning when we first moved in in 2008, great facility, but the beds are awful. You know, <laughs> so we, we applied to the Christopher and Dana Reeve Foundation. They provided all new mattresses. So, um, you know, so our, you guys do, you apply for grants and, and mm -hmm. you're aware of a lot of grants that are available. Okay, good. Because I know, yeah. I, I, I know since we're on the cusp of, of uh, 2023, mm -hmm. I know that um, actually New York Ag and Markets will usually have like some kind of a, a camp, um, companion animal, maybe grants. They have different grants for different things, but I don't know if you got, if that's on your radar, I just want to make sure. Cause I think personally that grant funding in mm -hmm. general is, is incredibly underutilized and there's a lot of money out there. People just, you know, have to apply, but it sounds yeah, like okay. you're on it. Um, so, okay. So that's two weeks. Hold on one second. That's two weeks. If I'm a potential recipient, I'm coming to live with you. I'm assuming there maybe is like a community kitchen or something like that. Yeah. And yeah. So there's okay. a yeah. So there's a community kitchen, and we have volunteers because there's only an hour break for lunch. We have volunteers that come and either you know um, provide donations for us to bring in lunch. Wow. There's people and there's groups like you know like the DAR, Daughters of American Revolution. They're coming on the 
they're coming on the 9th, I think, to help serve lunch. You know, they'll bring baked goods. Um, so yeah, they just have to come out of training and go right into our bistro, what we call Bogey's Bistro, and the food is ready for them and prepared for them so they can relax for that for that hour. Ken, so. okay, here's the thing. My friend Valerie, so I'm on a I'm on a campaign to do 60 days of service. So my friend Valerie, she likes to post pictures of her cuisine that she makes on <laughs> on the Facebook or on the meta. I do. I'm one of those annoying people. So what I'm thinking is, can we come there and prepare a meal for these folks? We'll bring the food, bring the whole thing. Valerie is chef it out. Can we do that? You don't have to answer right now because I, I don't want to put you on the spot. But, I, I, yes. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah. I would love to do that. That is exactly. such a good idea, Tammy. January, we'll do it. Yeah, February. Uh, I don't know what classes start in February, but we we have four graduations. So what Tommy came to in November, four of our major graduations happen in February, May, August, and November. So they're all on the calendar. I'm going to send you all a puppy calendar, so it has all the dates on there, and uh, you know uh, when you should be coming or calling us to. Well, to I want to do anything, meetings. even if I got to scoop poop. You know, I'll, I'll scoop poop. Oh, I'll, you have to scoop. I have to. Listen, I'm, a kid, man. I'm used to scooping poop. But look, I'll tell you this. I want. I know you got something, Val. I want to say one thing. Like when we, first show we ever did, Professionals and Animal Lovers show back in September, September 1st of 2021, we had our friend from Camp Happy Tales, NYC, Regina Mendoza. And then I went out and did day nine of 60 days of service with my son. And I will tell you, we scooped a bunch of poop. But I will tell you though, <laughs> it's it's that's what goes on you know when you want to get in the trenches and you want to make an impact it's that sort of stuff that you that you do val go ahead gotta start somewhere no um so what was my thought oh no did i lose it um oh oh okay so getting back to actually the young man that also resides with you or one of the other young men that resides with you tommy um how old do you have to be to be able to integrate into one of your programs like just as a volunteer obviously you know if someone's a minor um if they're gonna maybe go with their parent or something like how old can how old to get started Mm -hmm. i feel like i mean we've had a variety of different ages um we've had boy scout troops Mm -hmm. um that have done projects some of our volunteering is either like on site, but we also have people that volunteer, kind of do their thing, build things for us, make things for us, um, bring it into the facility because it's something that we could utilize. I'm not exactly sure if we have an age limit, um, but we. Hmm? I think it's twelve. If you can contribute something, I mean, <laughs> you know what. Yeah. Uh, right um i actually don't know the actual specific but okay. we're always open to conversations about what someone can provide parental mm-hmm. guidance there yeah. and then we have to also talk about you know what our needs are and you know and and where we are as an organization but they could even do other things like that might not be on campus so to speak but this this young man and i appreciate and love you valerie because you know i hate to say the kid <laughs> So oh, you got no someone in mind. Let me yeah. let me change my answer then. Yeah. He's, he's twelve. Twelve <laughs> is definitely a thumbs up. Yeah, he'll be twelve. He's eleven now, so I figured I'd hold back a little bit. But but that's the thing. Like we're big on that. We're big on getting involved. And you know, I didn't even know I was big on it until the last couple of years. And I realized, you know, when when my other guy when he's seven and he goes hey dad when are we going to do the next day of service i basically start crying because i'm like wow more crying like, there really is there really is no age limit i mean um you know there's several different opportunities that are available um you know from puppy raising which would be a great start for him um <laughs> for your yes it would young man that we're speaking about to get Still my heart oh my god because and it's great because there's two of our instructors and there's a lot of instructors across the country that started out as volunteer puppy raisers yeah. and now they work for the organization. I can see that, sure. You know, yeah. even we have our caretaker Bonnie, who's um, who raised 20 plus dogs for us, and then when she retired as a teacher, she moved from Virginia and she's now a, a, an employee and caretaker of the organization. Awesome. So that's just how impactful the organization is yeah. that people just yeah. want to continue to give of themselves and we couldn't be more grateful so 
um, yeah, there's opportunities. They can start a DIY fundraiser on canine.org. And that's not K and the number nine. It's C-A-N-I-N-E dot O-R-G. They can start a DIY fundraiser. Um, we have people that do mitzvah projects for us as well. Um, there is also our dog fest events. So our dog fest events are community-based events. They happen, there's one on Long Island. Um, and that took place this year in September at Marjorie Post Park in Massapequa. Oh, sure. no that well. will be happening again next year. So it's start a team, set a goal for yourself, share, fundraise up to it. And all that money is operational money and goes into back into the program. So, you know, if, you know, that's lots of ways, lots of ways to get involved. And, you know, yeah. I, I have to go back to the money for one second, because I just think it's amazing. Like I'm not, I'm not going back. Uh, like I'm not, I'm, it's not an interrogation thing, but it's more of like, you, you guys are doing amazing things with this, the dollar value associated for each dog. Right. So right. if I'm understanding this, so a dog will, um, obviously you have the volunteer puppy raisers that also, uh, puppies have to be transported, right. To get to where they want to go. Then there's, um, the training. And then am I correct in saying that when a dog is placed and they graduate and they they go home with their person, right? Um, that the care and the, the food or the support continues? No, the um, individual that receives our dogs will care for that dog. If there's any type of extreme circumstances okay. where, where there's, you know, um, some type of vet care that they can't absorb or financially absorb, we okay. have uh, amazing supporters. So one of our supporters is Dean Kuntz, the author. Oh, Plum Island, right? Oh, no, that's DeVille. Sorry. I've read DeVille. Oh, Nelson DeVille. Yeah, he's also supported the organization. It's your show. You're allowed to make mistakes, Valerie. I know, but I hate it. It's like such a pet peeve when I get like an author or a singer wrong. And like I can picture the covers of his books. I just said the wrong one. All right, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, so so he has what um, they call the Trixie Fund. So the Trixie Fund was set up after a dog that he was um, he received from Canine Companions as a change of career dog or a release dog, as we call it. Yeah. And um, he set up the Trixie Fund. So say if um, we have a graduate or a recipient or a client um, that has extreme circumstances, say you know the dog gets cancer and the medical bill is five thousand, we have. Um, uh, a vet staff out at our headquarters that will evaluate the the recommendations of the veterinarian that's local and right. uh, you know advise on the on the care. And Alex can speak to it they, more. They, Alex, if I'm just speaking at all. Alex, you could, I just was going to say, Val, these are our people. This is our yeah, tribe. I know about bringing these people together, both business, you know, and and the nonprofit sector. Alex, make a make a point about that. I. Deborah set you up for something. I interrupted. I don't know if you even remember what we were going to talk about there, but what was it, Deborah? We're talking. We were talking about when um, the dog um, goes to the recipient or the client. You yeah. know, um, where is the care? You know, do they pay? Do we continue to pay for the care of the dog? No, but we do maintain ownership of that dog until that dog retires. So any support that they need, and they're going to need testing. I'm going to have Alex kind of get into once a. Once a um, person or a client graduates with our dogs, um, you can explain that further, Alex. So one of the great things um, about our organization is, um, you know, we don't, you know, ship off a dog um, once a person has graduated and that's the, the you know, we don't sever that relationship. Mm -hmm. um, we do provide ongoing support for the graduate team for their lifetime. Um, and that benefits everyone uh, in the equation, right? So yeah. we are receiving vet, um, vet visits uh, reports every year. We wanna know the weight of the dog, the health of the dog. Um, this kind of spills over into what Debbie was talking about. If there is um, a severe medical instance where um, caring for the dog is some kind of hardship, um, our first go-to is to support the graduate. Um, and we'll do that in any way that we can. Um, so that's one aspect of it, but we support the graduates for the duration or lifetime of that placement. So we require our graduates to, um, to test with us, to basically show us, we do um, a, 
Assistance Dogs International Test, where we meet up with a graduate and we take them through uh, a series of tasks that the dogs have been trained to perform um, mm -hmm. out in a public space. In um, this way, we can evaluate if the dog is um, being an appropriate service dog. Um, and we can evaluate the handler. Um, and we can offer any support that they may need, refresher, refresher courses, um, support and things like that. Um, so we do that periodically, whether it's uh, every year or every three years. Uh, we do require that our graduates um, see us in person so that we can have eyes on all of our teams out there in the world. Um, like Debbie said, we do maintain ownership of our dogs through their lifetime until they are uh, either released from our program or um or if they are retired it's a relationship uh, I, and you're, it's, you're basically nurturing your alumni and absolutely. making sure that you're there like as a support system and i i just want to mention this one point I, I i recognize that we have to wrap it up soon which i hate because it kills me every time that we have to come to close <laughs> but the the ultimate objection and everything of what we're doing here casting a light on people who are doing great things for animals. So it's ironic to me because I'm sitting here saying, you said Dean Kuntz, Kuntz, and I'm sitting here saying, I know I've read some of his books, but you know what? Knowing now that he has supported your organization literally makes me want to run out and buy all of his books, whatever books I haven't read. And if I've even read them, I want to reread them because of who he is as a person supporting this wonderful cause. And that's kind of the gist. Yeah, Our theory cool. is that when people are animal lovers doing good things for animals, we all want to just support each other any way we can, right? Yeah, yeah, it's true. And, uh, you know, another huge um, supporter of the organization, we have so many, you know, and it's I, I don't have time to mention it, but it's Jean Schultz. So Charles Schultz's wife, Jean Schultz. Um, Snoopy? Yeah. Snoopy. Snoopy, yep. In fact, I, I feel like running, I, I'm going to run into my face. She's going to go run my blanket. <laughs> I'm the biggest Snoopy fan. I have a Snoopy mug. I'm all about fan. Snoopy. Now yeah, in fact, fan. she just put a, a short film together for us that's at, like, is Emmy nominated and will be released and is going through a huge um, amount of film festivals. It's called, it called? Andy it called? A Dog's Tale. It's called Andy A Dog's Tale. And you can look it up. You can just get a sneak peek on YouTube with a with the trailer but as soon as it does its run probably next year the whole version the whole eight i think it's like eight minutes will will be coming we should, out so. we should go to a festival and see it that's what we should all do yeah you should oh, go there was to just that. one too yeah we'll, we'll give you a list so yeah, go on our that. website so i'm yeah. gonna I'm, I, 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 can i do my plug now you can i just want to say i wish i had something to sell and then i would say i'm a supporter of canine companions because then valerie would buy stuff from me because it <laughs> seems to be how we get money out of her oh, right <laughs> well actually you are a supporter even though you're new to the organization you are a supporter of the organization because you're allowing us to tell people that we're here Thank you're you. you're allowing us the opportunity to reach people that we might not be able to reach so thank and you we for will attempt for to spread that message no, well, as as well, much as well, possible the thing about salute independence sure. if if my cousin michael cunningham doesn't tell me to go see horse ability right all these years ago katie mcgowan and then etc cetera, etc cetera, all the way to eileen shanahan who connected me to your organization none of this happens right so it mm -hmm. all goes back to and that's in memory of my cousin linda who passed about 10 years ago and linda had special needs so that's the lindy lou foundation a mm -hmm. big big circle of life so actually yeah. it's the legacy of this whole thing even this connection right here comes from Linda Cunningham. Like just yeah, horse ability kind of used thing. to attend our dog fest events in the past too. Whatever so you want to do, we'll do horse ability. Whatever Katie McGowan and I are, are are very close. So I'm on the board. Let us know. So okay. tell me, um, tell us about the event and then we will draw to a close. Yeah, sure. So if anybody is interested in coming out for a tour of the facility, if you have a Girl Scout troop, Boy Scout troop, um, school, um, anything that we can do, if you haven't heard about the organization, you want to learn more, um, call us. Um, you can give us a call at 631-561-0200. Uh, Speak with us. I'm really sorry to interrupt you. I can't help it. But just a really quick question, and I'll, I won't divulge why, but I just have to know do you guys ever host events on site? Yes, actually, we plan on having one in December. So it's so going to be- wait, you can have it indoors mm -hmm. and it can be catered or whatever? Yes, actually, we're looking for a caterer for the, our December our December event. So oh, we'll, we'll connect. Do that. All right, well, we could try to connect you with that, but I think, right. I'm just going to blurt it out. 
I think you <laughs> might be the location of an upcoming Compassion Awards. Maybe you might be in the running for the maybe 23 or 24 Compassion Awards because we are yeah. looking for a partner. And I don't know. I'm just going to. I want it to be different. I just yeah. I don't want it to be like at a catering hall or whatever. Listen, whatever. absolutely. We have, you know, we have, a, a, again, a huge facility. We have a long um, room. That I think the capacity is probably if we do COVID restrictions, we could probably get 100 in there. And then we have a full service kitchen. So, you know, we look to have, you know, Chamber of Commerce you, come out, you, use you our facility. This is how we this is how we run a show. You're in the middle of pitching and we totally interrupt you. I don't even think you finished the phone <laughs> number. Okay. Totally interrupt you and go on for six. I, I can't help it. My mind just blew no, up. That's just... why the show is insane because we're both the same. It's like, oh my God. Oh my God. I got to say it now. I must say these words. These words must come out right, of my face. Open it up. Yeah. We would open it up so you would do your thing. We would open it up to tours. We have a bunch of people that are going to learn about the organization. So it benefits yes. you, it benefits us. You know, and we're just and out it there just the it just so. it just felt so right in the moment. I just I'm had to do it. Okay, so I apologize. Please take it away. <laughs> yeah, so we'll have to Facetime, and I'll give you like a virtual tour or something. I don't know. I'll come on um, a real tour. Okay, you come on the real <laughs> real tour. So, um, the upcoming event. Um, so again, if you're interested in the organization, you can go on canine.org. Again, it's not K in the number nine. It's C A N I N E dot org slash northeast it'll list all of our events our upcoming graduations look us up on youtube we have some great amazing videos um if you want us to come out again we have a huge volunteer community that will come out and um speak at your meeting or you know whatever you may have um we just want to get the word out that we're here our dogs are free of charge um and that we're here to help um so uh that being said, our next event up is the um, Salute Independence, um, where Eileen uh, Shanahan will be um, one of the award recipients, the top award recipient. That's happening at the Inn at New Hyde Park. <laughs> She's got her pom-poms. I don't have any pom-poms. <laughs> on November 9th, you can still um, purchase tickets. Tickets are $100 per person. Um, and it's going to be, uh, you know, wine, uh, buffet dinner, and then a program. Again, Dominic Fratelli, 100 years old, is going to be playing the national anthem. We I got to I gotta figure out how to get there on, on mm -hmm. that. We, what, Deborah, thank you for being here. Deborah McKenzie, running development for canine uh, companions. Uh, Alex, say goodnight to us, leave us with anything, and then we'll bring it home. Oh my, wow. I don't think I've ever had like the open floor like that. Um, first of all, just thank you for having us on your program. Um, I talked a lot about our dogs. Um, but the one thing I, I want everyone to remember is that our organization is about um, relationships. Our organization is about partnerships and helping to provide people with disabilities um, a greater sense of independence. So yes. My job is to create these wonderful partnerships between, you know, the dogs that we love and then the people that we love. So I enjoy my job immensely. And everybody that's listening, go out and, and tell our tale. We tell our tale, literally. Our tale. Oh, I love, it. I love it. We love wordplay on this show. We certainly do. <laughs> That yeah. was a good one. I've been with Debbie for a very long time. I've never heard that one, Debbie. Yeah. Probably, there you go. It might I play like better it. in an email, so you know, but but we got it. We got I'm picking up what you're putting down, Mackenzie. <laughs> picking it up. Spuds just, uh, well, okay. you guys are um I'm just gonna do it. You guys are awesome. And I just need to mention before we wrap that if anyone out there is interested in sponsoring our show um or being a guest please email me, Valerie, V-A-L-E-R-I-E, at PAL, that's P-A-L dash show, not underscore hyphen show.com. And uh, fun fact, I just want to let you guys know, I was actually in, I had like a little a cameo appearance in a uh, documentary about cats and um, it was an award winning at all of these film festivals. It was, it won like nine awards or something like that. So it was very exciting. <laughs> we the film festival for sure you guys are amazing we got to do it so much stuff we'd love to have you back i'm coming for the tour val will bring you on the facetime i would just want to say goodnight who did we have deborah mckenzie senior director of development for canine companions since 2006 
and Alex Hutchinson, who has been 12 years or more, 13, 14, 19, 19 years. Yeah. All right. Wow. I'm going for my notes. I won't blame anybody but myself on that. 19. No, that was in your notes. I read your notes. notes. My notes was four. <laughs> hey, I like my I notes when I was five. Yes. You, my, my notes sort of has like question marks in it. Anyway, look, <laughs> I leave you all with this. And I got to find the music so we can play the music at the end. This is the Professionals and Animal Lovers show. Valerie, are you ready? Ready. The greatness of a nation and its moral progress can be judged by the way its animals are treated. Treat everybody good. Treat your Amen. animals with passion. Yay, Gandhi. Make it a Yay, great Gandhi. Woo. Thank you, girls. Thank you, right, ladies. Thank, thank you, Tommy D. So